That's a that's a beautiful purple light you have there behind you. Oh, why thank you, Mike. Yes, it's a hue light. I have my spooky autumn setting. Boy, spooky. but yes, it is purple. Kind of getting ready for all those monsters for Halloween. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, Mike, you bet I am. Monsters, purple. <laughs> Mike, we did. A, I know we did the baseball episode later, but why do I see? Why do you see you tossing a softball so so slowly? At okay, so apparently our two modes for intros are either really like wet milk toast, unthought of crap, or horribly monstrous things that get each other into trouble. Those are our only two modes. Yes, that is how we open on this week's episode of the Song Topsy Report, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy people eaters to figure out how they died. I'm your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm regretting most things I say, Steve Trollinger. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve, that's not different Steve, from any don't you day. regret it? Don't give me an out. Don't give me permission. That's all I'm waiting for is someone to give me permission to be an absolute monster. You know monster. who else liked monsters and was a beautiful man? Was Sheb Woolley. You're damn right. We have an image of him pulled up right now, and he he was a beautiful man. I was going to say Jim Henson? Jim No. <laughs> uh, I guess he, okay, he would. He was also a, a beautiful man who loved monsters, right? But no. For the rest of this episode, we just list beautiful men who love monsters. It's like an old episode of Maury. <laughs> Today we're talking about beautiful men who love monsters. Today we've got several guests for us. Um, but no, the, the, first off, listeners, if it is your first time listening, thank you for joining because this is a very special episode. This is a Mike Russell researched <sighs> episode, and I'm very excited because I know of the song, but I know nothing about any of the people involved or the background of it. Yes, today we will be covering a classic, the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Now, you may have been singing this back in elementary school. This was a song that came out in uh, 1958, a novelty song by good old Shelby Frederick Sheb Woolley. And um, it goes a little something like this. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn and one big eye. Like a Mr. Shaking in the city. It looks like a purple people eater to me. So, uh, so Sheb Woolley. Are you guys familiar with the song? Have you guys saying this back in the day? Yes, this, uh, this, and uh, um, uh, itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. They're they're forever linked in my mind, just because I think they have a similar like meter to them. They're in that special subgenre of music that's like soundtrack to a maniac while they're murdering people. <laughs> what? Like this is this is the song that goes through the head of like a crazy person midway through a murder spree. That isn't made by Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> exactly. Actually, Nick, it's funny you say that. I could I could see I could see that. I've actually thought of like funny horror like films with this song. Typically it's just a monster like doing horrible things to people who were dyed purple. But like, <laughs> a very relatable story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but Mike, have you ever been dyed purple? 
Is this speaking to a real fear you have? <laughs> Actually, it's funny. I would, you know, so I've dyed myself green at least seven times. I've, I've seen you green many times for the Hulk, for St. Patty's Day, for a myriad of different reasons. Ah, uh, and then I'll tell you, there was one girl in college, and she she was inspired by my skin dyeing that she dyed herself purple. Ah, boy, that's the one that got away, let me tell you. <laughs> She's uh, dead now. <laughs> Jesus! Actually, to be to be fair, um, as someone who has dyed his skin several times, uh, many times, you got to be careful, guys. All right. So I would use a so I would use food coloring and mix it with water. You don't want to goldfinger yourself. You, you, which is exact. The skin needs to breathe, Steve. The skin needs to breathe. I tried to run a 5K, died as a superhero for for the Go Green event, and I made it about a mile and was like, I I can't I, I can't breathe through my skin. There wasn't even like a lung issue. I was just like. Oh, like I had to run in a bathroom and wash everything off of me. It was, it was scary. I feel like it was like people didn't realize how close to death I may have been. All right, maybe it wasn't that bad, but I think that's a I think that's a running theme here. Uh, how close was Mike to death? Well, we may never know. The running theme is every time Mike is running in a story. Yes, yes. But we digress. So, so, uh, Flying Purple so, People yeah. So this song was one of his major hits that really, really brought him in, brought him, brought him into the, into the happenings, right? Because so, Shep Woolley was born back in uh, April of 1921. He'll be a hundred. He would have been a hundred years old as of next April, which is fantastic. And uh, and Eric, Except he's dead. <laughs> Yeah, because he's, yeah, he's dead. He died in 2003 from leukemia, if you would like to oh. know. So it's sad, but let's let's, let's celebrate this man's let's life. Let's celebrate his life. Exactly. As, uh, so census records say his father was a farmer. And uh, so he rode horses at an early age and was a working cowboy. And uh, later an accomplished rodeo rider. Fun fact, because of all his rodeo injuries, when he tried to enlist in the military for World War II, they're like, ah, you're too beat up. You can't join, so he didn't even have to dodge a draft. Right? Oh man, we don't want you. We don't want you fighting Nazis. You're too badass. You were so badass, you hurt yourself too much, and now you can't fight Nazis. I think verbatim, that's how they would have broken the news. Oh shoot! So, um, so yeah, so he was a. This guy was a working man. Okay, he was in the oil industry as a welder out in Fort Worth, Texas, back in uh, the, in '46. Uh, a place where I once met my favorite online date. You, you ever have one of those guys? Or maybe, I don't like, you do the online dating, and you just find one lady that, or man, and you're just like, I could, I could just talk to this person for going forward, even though we don't even live in the same state. I'm sure some of our, I'm sure some of our <laughs> listeners do. So you basically got a pen pal in Texas? I got a, uh, dude, the best pen pal, dude, a nurse, someone who's helping out through this crazy times the of the covid although i well, i guess she's more of a surgeon is she a surgeon eh, don't quote me on this i don't know but uh <laughs> i'm glad you're close <laughs> we're great pen pals we we've talked for hours and hours on end i don't know what they do or where they are right now sometimes but... you just send a person a little eye candy and a hey happy saturday and you know what you get it back and you're like it is a happy saturday thank you it's like a little piece of little little piece of eye candy not even something bad just like hey Oh, there's a smiling person who I had good chats with. That's nice. 
I don't know. <laughs> it's just for I mean, I do those too. For me, it's just the entire screen filled up with a nipple. Yeah. Like it's so close you can't even really tell what it is. Oh, that's when I get a photo on my birthday. Okay. That's ah. <laughs> so Do you hate it when your podiatrist <laughs> just sends you photos like that? Well, at least he remembered. <laughs> like dinner plates they are. Oh shit. Any case. So Sheb Woolley, right? This guy, he his acting career actually had taken off, and he was Pete Nolan on Rawhide. Are you guys familiar with Rawhide? I'm sure Steve is. I here's, Rawhide. Get him up. Move him out. Move him out. Get right. him up. Hit him up. Move him out. Rawhide. Yeah. Moving, moving, moving. Oh, they're disapproving. Keep them doggies moving. Rawhide. My fifth grade teacher used to always sing this song as we were lining up to to, to walk out the door. You remember when you had to learn how to to, to get into a line? I guess in, in fifth in fifth grade. <laughs> I, I feel like I learned that at an earlier age, but you know, Plattsburgh maybe worked differently. But yes, I've heard of Rawhide. <laughs> so, um, so, so Mr. Shep Woolley was in that. He was in that, and I, and I gotta be honest, I haven't seen Rawhide, and I was like scouring around looking for some like best of clips from him and, and the most I could find was like it just has a full episode so I was like skipping through one of them and it was like season one episode 20 and he wanders back into town looking for some fur furs and trappers and there's none of them but really what he was looking for was his old flame right and he finds this lady and she is dude this was a classic good guy's Good guys never win, man. So he comes in. He's like, when I went to the war, I thought you'd be waiting for me when I came back. And she goes, I don't got time for you. Ba, 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 ba. And then like he's like, oh, I got money. I'll, I'll get us out of here. Like, and she's like, I, I, don't want, I don't want anything from you. Get the hell out of here. So then a dude shows up. He's the bad guy. And she's like, are you finally going to get me out of here? He goes, I need another 100 bucks. And she goes, I gave you everything. And he goes, not that necklace. And then he makes out with her. And then he murders her. And I'm just like, oh my god, this guy, season one, episode 20, he finally finds his lady, it goes terrible, and now she's dead. It's just like, ah. Anyway, tune in next week for the next episode of Podhide, the Rawhide podcast, <laughs> where we go through every episode of Rawhide ever ever made and discuss it, like one of those uh, shows that does that with like, the Real like Housewives It's like three 70-year-old guys in Idaho who don't miss an episode. <laughs> Oh my! I want to see the real rawhide, where you get to the sassy behind, you know, the stuff you didn't get to see that the, the confessionals were and about. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I killed that man's old flame. She was being a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was that kind of oh, was Sheb Woolley kind of the typecast as the good guy in the movies and shows he started being in? Or did he have more of a... You know, he was... Well, he was complex. Like, that was a rather serious character he had, right? Um, But then, as he would go on, he also came up with this character called Ben Colder. And he was on the show Yeehaw. You ever hear Yeehaw? Nope. <laughs> you mean yee You mean oh, he-haw? Oh, I'm sorry. 
Hee-haw. You ever hear Still hee-haw? No. <laughs> yee-haw, bee-haw, seesaw. I haven't seen any of them. Oh, I have because uh, I'm old. Fun fact, Sheb Woolley wrote the theme song for Hee-haw, which goes like this. <laughs> Starring Buck Owens and Roy Clark. Yeah, so the Hee Haw theme song. So he was on... So Look, I'm just going to say, so people don't think I skipped out on a lot of stuff. He was in a lot of filmography, guys, okay? We're talking Rocky Mountain, Apache Drums, Inside the Walls of Folsom Prison. And then he was on Hee Haw as Ben Calder, who was a drunk songwriter, which... Very you could just say a... songwriter. You don't have to be redundant. <laughs> so to give you an idea of this Ben Calder fellow, so it was a different, he was just a different uh, entity within Sheb Woolley. So this is, this is him as a drunk man singing to the wall he just bumped into, right? I'll let you get your People were much more easily entertained back then. <laughs> well, you gotta think, Steve. I mean, Nick, this was this was back in the fifties, you know. Like, I mean, shit. Color TV was pretty new then, right? When was when did Color TV come out? Oh, you mean back in the days of Willie, Mickey, and the Duke? <laughs> nope, we're done with that. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Do you guys know about them? Hold on, let me talk about <laughs> Willie, Mickey, and the Duke for a little bit. Oh, shoot. If you're not, I'm sure you're all getting the cowboy theme. Largely had to do with where he grew up, I believe. And then he was just a natural. He was even in The Lone Ranger. Uh, on an episode, Wake of War, and then came back for message to Fort Apache. Hell uh, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm saying that wrong. I am definitely Apo- Apache? Apache. Apache? Apache. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, when he was, now this is a fun fact about Ben Calder. So, so now he's got two music artist identities. Shep Woolley, and he's Ben Calder. And the whole joke was, he'd never been Calder. Once again, people were much more easily entertained in the 50s. Oh, says the pun man himself. Okay. No, no, he's right. I've never been entertained by Nick, so it was much easier back then. I truly missed out. The years and years of gold I've been spinning would have been appreciated by a whole bunch of simple-minded TV watchers in the 50s. You hear that, Grandma and Grandpa? You bunch of, bunch of milksop idiots. Just being spoon-fed your TV. It's not a thinking man's box like it is now, says Nick Brigadier. (laughs) We're in a golden age of television. What can I say? Now, (laughs) you guys might be interested to know that Ben Calder made a parody of one of our Sontopsy alumni songs, Don't Go Near the Indians, Rex Allen. Oh, shit. Yeah, we did that. Oh, my God. A year ago, two years ago, it was a, it was our Thanksgiving special. It was a Thanksgiving episode. special, like two years ago. Yes, yeah. this, the, the the wonderfully politically correct song "Sun Don't Go Near the Indians." Check that episode out <laughs> if you have not heard it already. Now, fun fact: apparently, Shep Woolley was the one who was supposed to sing this song, 
What? This is according to his Wikipedia page. So, and because he had an acting gig, it got passed over to Rex Allen. So then when he hears this song, he, he's got Ben Calder, who is this. And this was the first song that Ben Calder did. Don't go near the Eskimos. And um, just to give you a taste, because it's... <laughs> I mean, son, don't go near the Eskimo. Please do what I say. And there she was, sitting on a chunk of ice and eating a frozen fish and dipping her friskies in whale blubber. And I said, Muga Shuga Muska, which means the love in my heart is burning for you. And she said, Oga Shuga Nashka, and that means. Back up, buddy. You're melting the ice. <laughs> so. Wait, wait, Mike. I think you're mistaken. I'm pretty sure Ben Calder's Randy Newman. <laughs> but once again, regardless, oh of who's, who, regardless of who's performing this song, I feel like my, my running theme this episode will be people were much more easily entertained in the 50s. Now, can you offend Eskimos? You can because that's not even the terminology. <laughs> you already have by calling them an Eskimo. They are the Inuit. Yes. Wait. Eskimo is a term that white people came up with to call Inuit something. So would you? Oh, guys. All right. You might, you, I'm about to ask a question. It's and this is a safe to, place. It's safe supposed place. to be funny, but if it's not, <laughs> ax it out, okay? But like. Okay. Would you all now he has a Halloween song called Luke the Spook. And that came out in the 50s. Do you think that was was, was he t- Mike to answer your question I'd probably have to hear the song. But okay. I just Is I think, Luke in the song? Wait, is Luke in the song a ghost? Is that made explicitly clear that he is a ghost? It says that he stands on this corner of sidewalks watching all the ladies go by. Okay, no, that's not what No, that's not no. what he's that's not a ghost. That's not what he's getting at. Just because ghosts could potentially do that, no, Mike, I don't think so. Guys, hey, we learned. Well, he might have a dark past. I, 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 we learn together. No, he. I don't think he has a dark past. I think he's just a product of his time. Because I went. It goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand with what Nick was saying. People were more easily entertained in the fifties, and also probably a little more racist without realizing it. Okay, so in conclusion, he had like a Garth Brooks thing. <laughs> so, right. It was... He was the he Andy was... Kaufman of country singers. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, he's got... Uh, he would be... Like, just don't go near the Eskimos. He wasn't even really a drunk Ben Calder yet. And then he was he gets... stone cold sober <laughs> when he stone, wrote that song. Stone cold. It's funny. I, I was looking through some of the YouTube comments... And uh, apparently, people who know Sheb Woolley are like commenting. They're like, "Ah, oh, Sheb Woolley came out to Alaska and was in and was writing this song with my dad, and they had a really good time." So I, f- I think there's some seems well sourced to me. <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay, but let's bring ourselves to the song that has brought us here today. Yes, a dissection is imperative. So, the one I one horn flying purple people eater. Let's start it from the beginning and let's have some fun. Oh, thank God you said something. I didn't know we were supposed to be having that yet. 
Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn and one big eye. Like a Mr. Shaking in the city. It looks like a purple people eater to me. So I love that he's so confident in exactly what he sees. Or do you do you think and he'll get into this, but what what it, when you first hear these lyrics, do you guys imagine that it's a purple monster that eats people? Or it's a monster that eats purple people that happens to be purple. Uh, well, I assume it's he's talking about a monster that's purple that eats people because a monster that ate purple people would have starved to death already and wouldn't exist in the first place. Unless they ate all of the purple people. Oh, like there was a whole tribe of purple people that were just recently eaten and this monster still sated on that hunger is still alive, but seeking the rest of the people that it will no longer be able to eat. It's possible people were purple, and the purple people eater ate those people. Yeah, because probably, I... <laughs> potentially, it was the it was the past tax, right? The purple Aztecs gone. <laughs> Man, <laughs> no, I don't think that's a real thing, Mike. <laughs> well, they were just adjacent to the Pinkins, so <laughs> I mean, on the color spectrum, they were pretty pretty nearby i mean if i remember my history the purple people presented a real problem they did potentially (laughs) paralyzing parallel peoples come on steve there's more alliteration purpley they were the steve Steve is having steve is having the best time right now can i just say so many words that start with p (laughs) oh my god let's get back into this it was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. A one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater sure looks strange to me. One-eyed. I love the chorus. People are just like one, one eye. What? <laughs> Why? You think that? You think they sounded questioning? Yeah. Like, why is this thing got one eye? You can. You don't hear the. You don't hear the question mark at the end of their little song there. Oh, you mean that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, at the very end. Uh, Those actually might not, that might not be performative. Those might be the background singers, a.k.a. the hired guns that were brought in, who have no idea what the fuck Shed Bully is talking about, and are just in real time in the recording booth asking. Because this was, this song came out, like, the 50s to 60s, as we covered when we also did They're Coming to Take Me Away, haha. This was kind of the peak point of novelty songs. This was when they were still kind of viable, and it seems like you could really just make up anything you wanted and it would become a novelty song that would at least be briefly popular. And that's my soapbox. <laughs> no, you're right. And I'm and I'm glad you brought up the the you know the time period and the callback to the uh the coming to take me away haha which played a lot with the um audio effects you could use on on the sound singing Yes. Voice of the performer. Yep, sound singing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, sure, sounds strange to me. Because when the because when the purple people eater gets in, it it sounds a little different than I'd expect a purple people eater would sound. He came down to earth and he lit in the tree. I said, Mister Purple People Eater, don't eat me. I heard him say in a voice so gruff. Okay, bullshit. He said, I heard the purple people you're saying a voice so gruff. 
Yeah. Did he not hear? Did did he not when he wrote those lyrics then hear what the end result sounded like and didn't feel the need to adjust any of what he was describing the voice as? He's like, oh shoot! I sped up the voice instead of slowing it down. No, nah, sounds like a chipmunk instead of a crocodile. You know what I mean? But Just- even slowed down, that wouldn't be gruff. Like if he got like a present day Christian Bale Batman voice, like that's gruff. Like, slow down or sped up, it wouldn't matter. It would have been like, I wouldn't need you because you're so tough <laughs> and you're the scum of the city that must be eradicated, for I am the knight. It was a one-eye long one horn flying eye purple eat. people eater. <laughs> I said to Mr. Purple People, don't eat me. I heard him say in a voice so gruff, I wouldn't eat you because you're so tough. <laughs> Take back your city, <laughs> purple people. So, okay. Oh, imagine like a... Uh, like, I don't know, if I, if I were to be a purple people eater, and I wanted to... And you to, haven't rolled it out. And I wanted to really be, have that gruff intermi- intimidation, I just feel like, I wouldn't need you. Mike, for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> speak in that voice, please. God, he, couldn't even finish the, he couldn't even finish it. He got halfway through and he ran out of voice because you're using vocal fry. <laughs> Because you're so tough. There you go, Steve. It's sounded kind of sexy, Mike. Uh, you're so tough. Because you're so tough. You're so tough. Mm-mm. I need that. All right, so. In a voice geez. so gruff, I wouldn't eat you because you're so tough. So scruff, Join me and take a bite out of purple people. <laughs> Yes, let's just reference all of our novelty songs in one episode. Uh, oh, that's beautiful, Steve. But obviously, Mike, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying about the sped-up vocal effect, which is interesting because I remember when we were discussing They're Coming to Take Me Away, haha, that was cited as a very early uh, instance of that effect being used. But I believe Purple People Eater precedes it by a couple of years. Really? No, Alvin the Chipmunk. Alvin and the oh, Chipmunks. Yeah. Alvin, Alvin. That's right. That was like the freaking forties or something. <laughs> we're really, we really know all of our music history here on the Song Tops here for it. I don't know. Yeah, not the, the regular forties, I guess. Not, yeah, not the regular forties. The freaking. Yeah, send 40s. us in your favorite forty songs, listeners. Oh God. Today in the Song Tops report, <laughs> we're dissecting Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get back into this. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Sure looks strange to me. One-horned. And they're like, man, this thing's got one of everything. Ladies. Oh, no, he's got two dicks, Nick. I don't think it says that in the song, Mike. (laughs) Listen, if you if you had done your purple people eater research, Nick, and seen Mike, could you please cite the deleted last stanza in which Shipboy's like, okay guys, but we gotta talk about his dick. We gotta talk about the purple people eater cock. Two dicks? Sure looks strange to me. Is that Mike, is that are you saying that because he has both one eye and one horn? I mean, I feel like the lyrics speak for them sp- themselves. No, they don't. They really don't. But you're literally adding new lyrics and being like, I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> Especially that part where it says it has two dicks. That isn't anywhere in the song. I'm just saying, if we're really going to be using our imagination here, you know Shep Willie thought about that for a second. Well, it's got I one don't eye. Know Sh- I don't know what was in Shep Willie's mind, Mike. 
I don't. I, who are we to speak on behalf of the poor deceased Sheb Woolley and besmirch his classic song by saying his oh creation has God. two dicks? Guys, what if he's just? What? No, he wouldn't do. That. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna besmudge, besmudge the great Sheb Woolley with my my dirty interpretation. Of with your big purple dick. Of my big purple dick. <laughs> oh, is that what you think it was? You know, this is an innocent song. Can we keep it clean? I don't want to imagine just a throbbing purple phallus every time I think of the song now. Well, it's got one eye and it kind of looks like a horn, Nick. Maybe uh, horny is what he meant. I oh, my God. Guys, the part in the Declaration of Independence about deep sea fishing rights, it totally speaks for itself. That's what it, no, that's the thing you added to that document. Nobody's ever heard of that. <laughs> no, you know what? And you're right. Plus, what's a purple person if that was going to be an Didn't innuendo? we cover that like 20 minutes ago? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying there's no innuendo. I think you're right. Nick, Nick, I My- think you've, you have, you have defended the purity of this song. And I thank you for that. I hope I did. Did uh, is there were you able to find in your research Sheb Woolley stating what he interpreted the song as being about or is he just like ah fuck it I just wrote something. Oh, you know what's funny? Yes. This show. He he <laughs> said, "No, oh I'm glad you asked this cuz I actually had this article before. Um a bunch of native Americans gave me psychedelic no, mushrooms it, it was, and I saw it, It's actually really nice. No, he when he talked about this he said it was really just for fun. Oh, where? Oh, ah, I'm sorry, guys. I I don't have the article, but I can tell you that he was just screwing around and thought it was fun. Mr. Purple People Eater, what's your line? He said, eating purple people, and it sure is fine. But that's not the reason that I came to land. All right, sorry, two two huge points just came up. No, um, I also have two huge points. Okay, say one, Stephen, and I'll say one, and then we'll do the other one and see if we reference each other's. Okay, all right. First of all, but that's not the reason that I came to land. Are purple people eaters aquatic creatures or amphibian creatures that can both traverse sea and land that he has to specifically state that he has come to land? Very good question, Stephen. That was not one of mine. So, uh... My one of my questions was, um, he does actually establish in this lyric that eating purple people is what he does. So we do find out definitively, he is a monster of no no color is given to the monster himself, but he does state that he or it or she eats purple people. Steve, other point. Okay, so <laughs> I want to get a job in a rock and roll band. Seriously, misunderstands how people get into rock and roll bands. Nobody's scouring, like, uh, Glassdoor online. I mean, like, rock and roll bands and enter. Okay, where are all the good rock and roll band jobs are today? Where do I... Oh, there's one in Connecticut. Ah, the commute's too long. Uh, oh, there's a, there's a local rock and roll band job I can get. Like, the man is a musician. He should know better. Steve, What's the Steve, deal with purple people? You know, you know damn well so many people will sac- sacrifice the whole life to get in the game. To get in that rock and roll band gig game. You know? Although it's funny, do you think... Now, he, he's playing tunes... I mean, even at that point yet. 
you know, as a musician, or do you think he'd go on at first as a, one of the what do those grip guys do? The oh, like part like a roadie, a roadie. You think he'd be a purple road? <laughs> Flying purple roadie eater. I don't know. I mean, the 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 eating's much better than the purple people. <laughs> I've switched now. I only eat roadies. <laughs> That's the other thing. The, my, my last They're point very was. Stringy. So we've already established in the song, we do get to hear the Purple People Eater's voice. But then at different points in the lyrics, he speaks on behalf of the Purple People. He says, the Purple People Eater said, and then he says in his normal Sheb Woolley voice, it's not until you get to the end of the line that he actually switches to the actual Purple People Eater voice. So there's inconsistency with the narrative voice in the song. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's like, Sheb, why don't you just let him talk? Why, 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 are, you, why are you trying to give it in your voice when he's standing right there? Typical. Typical for a man to be speaking on behalf of not only creatures and putting words in their voice, in, the, in, in his voice, but also other patriarchy, fuck the system. Jesus Christ. I ran lost out the thread, there. but my passion yeah. was there. You ran out of steam there, Nick. Now, now here's my question, and not to get too morbid, but like... Does What's that, with all the dead people? Does that mean the purple people eater... Like, so I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of cases in which a person would turn purple. And it's usually when you're dying. So does, is he just like... You think like he's eating lepers? <laughs> like or the, fr- or the freshly dead. Is the purple people eater the grim reaper? Is it's, what... He might be, I mean, lepers, choke victims, people in the midst of choking. Maybe he just eats people or they're still choking. That would be the worst. Can you imagine you're getting choked to death, and before you die, this fucking amphibious monster comes out of nowhere and just eats you? <laughs> and then the strangler's like, oh, thanks. Oh, <laughs> took care of that for me. I thought I had to go bury this body somewhere. Literally took that out of my hands. Thanks, purple people eater. You're welcome, murderers. But um, bum Freeze frame, 80s credits roll. All right, so, yeah, I mean, based on this interpretation, oh. the Purple People Eater is truly a monster in every sense of the word. <laughs> true, true. Let's see what else we can learn about this lovable monster. <laughs> Bless my soul, I can go flying purple people eater. Pigeon toad under cold flying purple people eater. He wears short shorts. Friendly little people eater. What so a sight to this see. This is a shout out to the Royal Teens 1957 hit. Short shorts, apparently, that sounds a little something like this. Mm, man, dig that crazy chick. Who wears short shorts? We wear short shorts. Ah, what a time to be alive. Back in the roller skating and short short days at the drive-in, just chilling in your Cadillac with the roof down. Eat, drinking milkshakes. Yeah, way back when in the 50s when every teenager had a Cadillac. The good old days. Not like today where everything's worse. Am I right, everybody? Where everyone's got a Ford Fiesta. Also, Mike, the days of short shorts kind of haven't gone away. Most people do. I would say short shorts are predominantly like the more popular form of short wear. Oh, no. Outside you're, of you're... like cargo shorts at Kmart or something. You know what? Two things on the shorts topic. Nick, absolutely. The booty shorts, when they those were big in college. I thought those were great. You know what I mean? You look I, great in them every time, Mike. <laughs> thank you for noticing. <laughs> just want to let the just let these hammies and quads out, you know, 
Get a little sun. Oh, I heard that spanking noise. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> got some, got some, some thick thighs over here, Nick. That sound is so hot. That's going to get us banned from like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I didn't know you... I did not know that your podcast represented pornographic material. <laughs> I mean, thigh slap. You guys, all right. That's going to be the next video on our OnlyFans. Thigh slapping. I'll just... Just... <laughs> Let's get to it. Give the just people a, what they want. Just an hour of continuous thigh spanking. So, Mike. You can so, even do it to tunes, you know, like. Um, flying purple people eater? Oh, I don't know. No. Just don't wearing you hate pur- that? purple booty shorts. <laughs> don't you hate that when you're like, oh, man, this is going to be a really funny joke. And then you go to do the joke and your, your brain's just like, no, fuck you. I don't want to do the joke anymore. The joke's I'm like, gone. I'm like, I was a percussionist. I should be able to play thighs. What is wrong with me? Thank God this is an audio-only medium for you listeners. Oh, we need to start recording the whole damn video thing, man. Oh, we don't wait. <laughs> we'll skip this episode, so they'll at least be spared that. But yeah, that hot thigh spanking, we got to get more of. So, Mike, this the fact that Flying Purple People Eater references another popular novelty song, is there any reason why it references this? Oh, Nick, I think it's purely because as a as Sheb Willie's style to pull from popular music that's happening around him and just thrown into his funny stuff to be goofy. He's like, you know who else likes short shorts? Purple people eaters. That's- Not necessarily. It's just the backup singers who like it. Oh, well, Nick, why don't you keep on listening? Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. And then he swung from the tree and he lit on the ground And he started to rock, really rocking around It was a crazy ditty with a swing and tune Sing a bop, bop, a boop, a lap, a loom, bam, boom Sorry, Nick, he'll explain his love for short shorts towards the end of the song But in any case, what do you think Such about Such a the- tease <laughs> So let's talk about what we've learned so far in the last two stanzas This guy's a rock and roll Bless my soul, purple people, flying purple people eater, a pigeon-toed, undergrowed, flying purple people eater, friendly little purple people eater. So what you're saying is he's a real fuck shack. <laughs> a what? Pigeon-toed, undergrowed, so he's he's short and pigeon-toed. He's only got one eye. <laughs> Are you, wait, when you say it's a real good time, is what you're saying. Oh, when you said fuck Shaq, it was like, like, as in like an anti, like the reverse of Shaq because he's undergrowed and he's short with, although Shaq. No, I was not (laughs) referencing Shaquille O'Neal in any way, shape or form. He was referencing the non-radio friendly version of Love Shaq. Fuck Shaq, baby, fuck Shaq. So Mike, did we actually even really learn much in this verse we just heard? Well, he swung from the tree and he. Lit on the ground, so he's so he's lighting up a bowl. Apparently, he's yeah. I think that's what that means. <laughs> and he started a rock, really rocking around. It was a crazy ditty with a swing and tune, and a boop boop a loop a boom bam boom. And and then he proceeds. <laughs> and then he proceeds to do what an out of touch grown ups idea of rock and roll music sounds like. <laughs> right, that's the rock and roll the kids are into today. Right, the ship a lop a doop a deep bop a doop bop. In his defense, See, still better lyrics than Little Pump. I I could hear Steve being like, "Yeah, that's like the mumble rap today." You know, the, um, 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 um. 
<laughs> Kids aren't using any words. Wait, wait. According to Steve, mumble rap sounds like someone trying to start a lawnmower. Man, this one. Man, let's listen to some. I really hate mumble rap. Let's listen to some. That's the. This is the music of the future, guys. I think we're on the pulse. We are on the pulse right now, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone, start your chainsaws. We're gonna make music. You thought Stomp was good. Here's Main. <laughs> here's here's what I like about this song. This song is the song I would choose if I was recreating that famous scene from Pulp Fiction where they dance at the fifties bar. <laughs> where Uma Thurman and John Travolta dance together, if I was doing like a straight-up comedy version of that scene, this is exactly the song I would be playing during that scene. <laughs> it's a very specific every time, compliment. Every time it has come on, I have done, without even meaning to, the like Uma Thurman, like, back to, like, what, like, what to see, like, you can't help eye it. shade move. <laughs> I've been loving seeing it. I have noticed it, Steve. I love it. <laughs> Mike has been spanking his thighs in excitement. He likes it so much. This song brings out a lot of people, you know, in different ways. You know, Nick, that's how purple people eaters uh, <laughs> express their enjoyment is by slapping thighs. Theirs or other people's? Both. And and they like they like chomping their teeth into some purple people thighs. Yes, <laughs> the, the whole the whole part of the purple people. Don't slap your thighs too hard and turn them purple, or you're gonna be. <laughs> Eaten by a monster. There's Eaten. another way. There's another way to get to turn purple. I tell you, the purple people eater. You you gotta watch out. If you think you need the all, you, you think you need to soften the. Oh God, I don't want to think you're about. <laughs> what you're literally to tenderizing to yourself for the purple people eater. Oh, I'm too tough for you, buddy. Don't worry. Hold on a second. Just like slap, slap, slap. All right, what what happens next? Uh, what happens I'm next? I'm rusty on this song. Yeah. My soul rock and roll, flying purple people eater. Pigeon toad, undercoat, flying purple people eater. I like short shorts. Flying purple people eater. What a sight to see. Purple people eater. <laughs> okay, see? They're also confused. The backup singers are also confused about the existence of these purple people that are being eaten. Yeah, they're like, wait, purple people? Do those even exist? What the... What's this guy eat? It is. It's the fifties too, so they could very well be going like, "There are purple people." There's a whole group I didn't know to be racist to yet. Oh, why didn't anyone tell me? It's just a different shade of the red scare. <laughs> if you cut off circulation to democracy, <laughs> you get the red scare, and if you cut it off further, you get the purple scare. But yes, the background singers Jeez. do sound confused Jeez. as well. Jesus Christ! Also, if you didn't notice, Nick. He likes short shorts. Yes, I did. I did gather that. I forgot the, that lyric, so I'm glad I know now. I'm a better person for knowing. Purple people eater. Purple people eater looks right at those background singers and was. It like, was in the studio. Yes, that were in their short shorts because they said they're wearing them. And he's like, "Hey, I like your short shorts. You got some nice short shorts." You know why? You know why? He probably likes them because they cut off circulation to the upper thigh. Yes, turning the legs of the dancers purple. Turning these these leprous dancers, singers, into more victims for the purple people eater. Shep Woolley better step up and defend these dancers from this purple people eater. I, I might make a whole movie about defending background dancers from a 
Well, well I guess they're actually monster. singers. <laughs> I don't know if... I don't really know if background dancing in the audio recording booth really does much. You know what, Nick? I bet they are, though. They're like, you know, they can <laughs> hear. They think get they're dancing, it. They too, know. and singing? That's impressive. They know. They understand. <laughs> so, um... So let's let's get to the the little conclusion of the song here, and then oh boy, do I got guys, I got a big treat for you at the end too. So better be an original parody that you wrote and recorded a week ahead of time that you're gonna play at the end. Oh no, it's from something from the '80s, but it's not fine. <laughs> it's, it's... You see, Brady went on his way, and then nobody you know. I saw him last night on a TV show. He was blowing it out, really knocking him dead, playing rock and roll music through the horn in his head. So, okay, any now, Mike, song with a saxophone solo immediately goes up five <laughs> points. I got to give him credit. That, first of all, that's not a saxophone. That is definitely is a, that a tenor trumpet clarinet? Or, or trombone or clarinet or something. Okay, those are wildly different instruments, but... It is a brass. It's a brass. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a clarinet. I don't think it's a clarinet. I don't think it's a wind or a wood. I think it's a brass. Regardless, Mike, your earlier theory about the penises... <laughs> It has to be way more specific. Let's bring, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Sir, bring it back. We've got to bring it back. Uh, <laughs> we circle back to this. Um, this blows that theory out of the water, unless, Mike, you have a hidden talent you have heretofore not made us aware of vis-a-vis making your penis sound like a trombone. Huh. Well, funny you should ask, Steve, because... Oh, Mike, put your pants back on. <laughs> because... My God, he's sticking it in the camera. Now, Steve... I I believe that I can play my dick like a trombone. <laughs> now I, I this now my dick has made some some interesting noises before. You know, after I had my <laughs> catheter removed uh, oh, yeah. from my car accident, and as I've we've already talked about this before, the legendary cock queef, yes, the legendary cock queef, where my dick farted. Well, imagine <laughs> imagine if I had just inserted a reed up there. And it could have, <laughs> I could have made any sorts of notes come out of the dick. I, you know, I believe now that with future technology and medicine, <laughs> that uh, at these. <laughs> What is screw, this? Screw a coronavirus vaccine. We got to be investing in letting people be able to play musical instruments with their dicks. I want my dickstrument, and I need it tomorrow. Uh, what you, okay. What do you? What are you fucking JFK at the beginning of the sixties? <laughs> I promise. I firmly believe. In the next ten years, Americans will play their dicks like instruments. You know, no longer, no longer would it be you have to whip out a guitar at a campfire. No, no. I could play Wonderwall right in the bedroom. Like, <laughs> and then she's like, play Freebird. Oh, I don't oh. have the stamina. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that song's like 10 minutes long. So, so the Purple People Eater is on Ed Sullivan, it sounds like. <laughs> right here tonight for your music listening enjoyment, a... Odd flying monster that uh, has threatened to devour several members of the backstage crew. The <laughs> flying purple people eater. I mean, I guess Sheb Willie already gave himself an out in that, as we learned, he just explained this was a goofy song. But there's really no narrative arc to this to speak of. He establishes this as a purple people eater that for no reason wants to be in a rock and roll band. 
And I guess it does end up in the band, but that's the only resolution. No, no word on whether it's going to stop eating purple people. No word whether or not it's turned a new leaf. It's just in a band now. Nick, I, I love... I, th- this is the perfect intro to... So, if you're not aware, there was a movie about the Purple People Eater that came out in the 80s. <laughs> and it featured a bunch of different folks that are big some some big some <laughs> I love Mike's I love Mike's movie reviews. <laughs> this movie came out sometime in the 80s and it had a bunch of different folks in it. Anyway, here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> no, like okay. So so tell me if you recognize this fella. All right. We're we have to look at the big picture. What's a few extra years in junior high? I mean, look at you guys. You're spending some extra time. Okay, it was a clip of like a teenage boy. I did not recognize him. Tell me that way. Oh my god, that's that's got to be Screech, right? It, was that Screech? I don't know. Shouldn't you know as the person who's presenting this to us? <laughs> oh wait, hold on. I. I'm oh, did you play positive. that clip so we could find out for you, <laughs> guys? Who is that guy? I know he looks familiar. <laughs> I know it's got to be Screech. No, it's definitely, it's 100% Screech. I know it is. I know it is. What the fuck's... Oh, shit. Neil Patrick Harris Dustin was in this? Diamond. Dustin, Dustin yeah. Diamond. There, there it was. Dirty okay. Dusty. Dirty Dusty, the worst, the worst contestant on celebrity fat people. No, what is it called? Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, celebrity wait, fat people. Wait, I want to pitch celebrity fat people. I don't know if it's a like elimination contest or just showing off different fat people, but celebrity <laughs> fat people needs to be a show, Mike. Man. Man, let me tell you, I love listening to Mike describe TV shows. Anyway, so there's this one episode. You guys heard of it as Celebrity Fat People? Oh, my God. Okay. But okay, so Screech is in the Purple People so, movie. So you got- and, potential, and allegedly Celebrity <laughs> Fat People. Oh, he's definitely in that one. He was the And one- Neil Patrick oh, Harris. And Neil Patrick Harris, dude. Um, this must have been Doogie Howser days. We got, we got Neil Patrick Harris. We got Chubby Checker. Also in Celebrity Fat People. <laughs> also, there's... Um, oh, man. Hold on. I got the time code Mike, So the whole movie appears to be on YouTube, and Mike is just plowing through oh, it. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the majority of my research was sitting here watching the Purple People Eater movie. <laughs> oh, it's got a Little Richard in it. <laughs> little Richard. Oh, Steve, I understand now. I understand what he's doing. Oh, look at Little Richard. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that's gonna be a fun clip. That's gonna be fun for the episode. <laughs> okay. Tune in so, next week as Mike plays nine seconds of a film. <laughs> there are. Hold on. There are certain things. Okay. So for such a silly song, and for such a silly movie, which had little narrative, it was about. An old woman we're, who... We're going to trust you on this based on the three seconds you played. This old woman. So, Neil Patrick Harris discovers the Purple People Eater. Do you want to see what it looks like, the Purple People Eater? Does he look like Grimace? I bet he looks like Grimace. Mm. All right. Purple. Really? Look at that young Neil Patrick Harris. God, he's like nine. Okay, yeah, it, kinda, it is one-eyed, a- one-horned. <laughs> Yeah, it does look like a McDonald's mascot. You're right, Steve. It does. It does resemble that of a of a grimace with you know if it had less fat, but purple and hairy. In any case, 
there was something specifically, there's a lot of gravity to this movie that really hits home at about an hour and three minutes in. Where, uh, where Aunt... Where there's a cock queef? Or Aunt, Aunt T is get he she gets evicted from her senior home on her birthday and she she's like she's like I don't got the will to live no more she want to live we're ready for you doctor okay. I'll call you in a few hours Sam thanks doc <laughs> I don't know, Billy. And that's all the advice you get, Billy. (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Purple people eater not pulling any punches. First off, for the the listener, that sobbing sound you heard was actually the purple people eater sobbing through its one eye. It was that that actually got me a little bit. Now, I'm not gonna lie. For some reason, and I don't know what this says about me, if you make a puppet emote, it affects me more than watching human beings emote. I don't know if I'm dead inside. You're part Muppet, Steve. You're, I believe that. <laughs> you got a Muppet inside you. Am I a man or am I a Muppet? <laughs> What's it like to die is a question that needs to be posed in more children's movies. Can you- Grandpa, what's it like to die? Well, in Nam, I had this friend. His name was Jimmy. You know what? And he told me. Oh, God, the things he told oh. me. That, um, I want, what do you think would be more like you'd feel okay about? If Grandpa looks at you and goes, I don't know. <laughs> or he starts describing, like, his... His friend slowly passing to the other side while bleeding Neither. his arms. I'm imagining the best possible reaction would be a momentary pause after Billy says that. Grandpa turns to look at him and then just smacks him upside the head. End of scene. <laughs> Stop making it about yourself, Billy. It's about Aunt T. <laughs> so. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. What's it like to die? So, so... To, it know. was a one-eyed, one-horned, sobbing purple people here. <laughs> so, oh. And then the song ends. So, um, now, due to times of now where there is an intense amount of greed and devastation among, like, people, uh, you know, because of COVID and lawlessness and unjusticeness and and all sorts of BS, but like I guess more towards the, just like the the, the whole this movie really focuses on greed, and not caring about other people, and the power of music and aliens, and how, <laughs> and how they they can really bring everybody together. So was the, this this sounds like verbatim the the pitch they gave to the producers. <laughs> So at the end, Neil Patrick Harris, now the purple people leader got abducted because he was too good at the music with the horn in his head. And the landlord of the senior home was like, fuck this purple fucking asshole. I'm, I'm going to tie him up with rope and I'm going to lock him in, uh, on top of a billiard table. 
Okay? So, on his way to, to, to get back to the, to, the, to the big show they're having to say, for the SOS Save Our Seniors show, he escapes. And I think, I want you guys' opinion on this. I think this was a shout-out to Sheb Woolley. Who was actually... He's still alive, definitely, at this point. He was, and he was actually... He was in it. His part part wasn't very big. I will tell you this. He was one of the EMTs taking the dead grandma away. (laughs) (laughs) No. He's like... He's one of the big shots that that gives them, like, their their first radio deal. Um, However, the Wikipedia... And I'll tell you this, because I've, I've just watched this movie. He's Harry Skinner. But the Wikipedia will tell you that he is the greedy landlord. That is not him. The greedy landlord's name is Noodle. And it's played by a man who looks nothing like Sheb Woolley. However, Harry Skinner is the is the radio uh, is the radio like executive who who gives them like oh they like play at a wedding a bunch of kids in the alien. It's really you gotta see the movie. Click but, clearly. <laughs> I feel like I already have. But here's here's the big chase scene. So the purple beauty people eater slashes Noodle's tires and he's on the run. This movie. Yeah, do we know this person? Is this just some woman on horseback who just sweeps up the purple people eater? I don't even want to know the answer, actually. It's just almost better <laughs> the, if it's just the like... The answer is so BS. You'd hate it anyway, Nick. Neil Patrick Harris walks up, is like walk, riding around on his bike, and this woman just randomly comes by on a horse, and he goes, hey, have you seen my purple friend? And she looks at him like he's crazy, and he goes, ah, never mind. Doesn't even mention the show. Like, <laughs> so Mike, are you are you saying you think that little Lone Rangers stinger was a reference to Sheb Woolley? I think it was just for Sheb. I think it was because Sheb was a cowboy. Sheb was a cowboy. He was on the Lone Ranger. He was on Rawhide. He was Ben Colder, who was a drunk cowboy songwriter. What you gotta have a horse? You have to have I, a horse I think chase. I think you're giving him way. T- I think you're giving the directors way too much credit. I think it's like they had they were able to rent a horse for a weekend. They had a horse chase scene. They're like okay, the Lone Ranger theme. We got permission to use that. He was Shibley was. You say he was in two episodes. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not like okay. If he was like the main character, I would have said like okay. But- I just mean a cowboy. Listen, every cowboy western has horse chase. Everyone. Don't they? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it is their primary mode of transportation. I don't know why we've watched why as much of this movie as we sub- have. In a suburban neighborhood, Nick, in a suburban neighborhood where people are... <laughs> with this random woman have her horse out? Two words. Helicopter parents. It's parents <laughs> who spoil their kids, get them whatever they want, so these greedy little kids can run around with horses for, their, for the gram... And I don't know, maybe make a TikTok star out of them. I'm clearly very upset about children and social media today for some reason. And that pro- is exactly where this horse came from. Oh, Nick, you. <laughs> so we're talking Neil Patrick Harris here, right? We're talking 
<laughs> so there's two things that happen. So, all right. F- first, before we trash on Neil, let's hear his inspiring speech that saves all the seniors. I swear this is there's, there's the last two little things here about this movie. It just this like, movie clearly impacted you so much. It really did, Nick. It's all right. So here it comes. My best friends. And I think it's one of the best ideas ever. How can we let the the people of Elmwood be evicted, kicked out of their homes because someone wants to get rich? Well, not really rich, but richer. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense that we should we should watch it happen. You, me, the city council. We've got to do something. People should not be kicked out of their homes and onto the streets. Evicting seniors is not right, and it shouldn't be allowed. And it's not going to happen. No, no, no. I'm going to call for an emergency vote from the city council. You're goddamn right you are, little Richard. Where's our little Richard when we need one, boys? I guess AOC is our little Richard right now. Is that right? AOC is our little Richard <laughs> I, now? I'm going to assume I'm gonna assume Mayor Little Richard was a part of this movie. I don't, I don't care if it was or not. I'm just going to assume that from now on. <laughs> well, it's, Steve, he makes his only appearance that I can remember was at the very end. Although they did throw, they threw like a swimming party. He may have been involved in that at some point. Oh, and at the swimming party, all the old people start making out. So, I mean, we're not just Are you saving sure this was the seniors. same movie, Mike? Are you sure you didn't open another tab accidentally <laughs> oh. for some other web search you were doing? <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can buy that this movie was made in the 80s because it was powered by cocaine. <laughs> Mike, stop scrubbing through this video. I don't want to see that. You want to see the old people making out, Nick? Just admit no, it. Right. No, I don't. <laughs> because, Mike, for the audience, it's just going to be my horrified reaction <laughs> to watching old people making just out. Just hearing that noise. And little shallow splashes in the water. <laughs> oh, I forgot to take my teeth out. Uh, so the leave la- them out. The last thing I need to show from this 80s movie about the purple people eater is you think they try to get the rhythm down a little bit. This is how they brought in like the cast to help sing the song. And also, Neil Patrick Harris... I'm you've come a long way since your bullshit lip syncing and like pretending you're playing the piano. Because I mean you'll sing. Here we go. This is this is what it sounded like in the movie, how they 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 honored Sheb Woolley's the purple people eater song. Heard him say in a voice so gruff. Who needs you? Cards are sweet and tough. Purple people eat it. What's your line? He said, eating purple people and it sure is fine. <laughs> but that's not the reason that I came to land. I want to get a job in a rock and roll. His hands aren't even on the goddamn keyboard, Nick. <laughs> and so you're saying, what you're saying is fuck nine-year-old Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> he was he was Marty McFlying the shit out of that song. <laughs> But, uh, I don't know, guys. I just, like, look, I get it. You want to give these kids cute lines in the movie, but can't you take more than one take? For Christ's sakes, she didn't even say the right words. That just makes it more authentic, Mike. And also, Mike, I mean, why why does this even bother you? Are you saying that the 
movie version of this is intrinsically linked to the legacy of the song itself. I didn't even know they made a movie out of this. <sighs> I just nor did I know that it was going to be such a such a momentous part of this episode. <laughs> I well, guys, being that it was about seventy five percent of my research, I, I <laughs> had to <laughs> I didn't really buff you know pad the ending of this episode with what I was doing. Mike treats every episode like a last-minute college project. I got a degree. You did. (laughs) 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 Oh, but uh, the fellas... Best SUNY Albany advertisement. (laughs) This is... Well, it sure wasn't in film studies. Hey, I... You should have read my thesis on why Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was a beautiful artistic and musical film. I agree. That linked with all the things we were talking about in film class, Steve. So I'll tell you that you know you you just give me a little a little time to type out eight pages. I'm gonna open your mind. Thesis was only eight pages. However long theses are, hundred pages. (laughs) Sure, eight, a (laughs) hundred. Who can remember? It was a U Albany thesis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah, eight pages. You're right. Eight pages. You send your thesis at SUNY Albany via text message. What are you talking about? <laughs> In crayon somehow. Um, but Mike, do you have anything oh. else about this movie that oh. severely impacted you? Or no, guys, that- thank you for joining me on this 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 journey of Sheb Woolley, Ben Colder, and the Purple People Eater, both music and film. Yeah, that, wow, this was quite a journey. I didn't know yeah. what I was expecting, but I we went in some directions I didn't plan on going. Mike, having heard the Purple People Eater song before, I honestly couldn't figure out how you were going to make a full episode out of talking about it, but I stand corrected. Oh, thank you, Steve. It was a little, was lo- it was a little disorganized, but we made it through this together, guys. And I didn't mean that as an insult, by the way. I honestly was like, that's, <laughs> like, a, that's like, a, like a one and a half minute song. How are we going <gasps> to talk about that? Oh, shit, guys. There's, there's one last thing we got to go on. I'm sorry. It's it's very important. It's okay, about no, Shep no, listen. Bully. If it's important. I totally forgot to bring this up. But everybody listening, every listener knows this. Sheb Woolley is, is the Wilhelm scream. Now, he, see, I didn't know that. I knew the Wilhelm scream, and I remembered, oh, it was some old actor. But I did not piece together that Sheb Woolley was the originator of the Wilhelm scream. So just to give... Any listener who isn't quite sure what that means, I myself knew the scream, but not the name for it. So, some famous movies that you have definitely heard the Wilhelm scream in. Now listen, now just listen real carefully for when somebody gets shot. All right? We got Star Wars. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Very, very. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Turn of the Jedi. Temple of Doom. Twice. Okay, so Mike, for all of your, all of your bravado and your expansive. Like look at the use of the Wilhelm scream. It kind of just sounds like George Lucas uses the Wilhelm scream. 
You just listed nothing no, that Mike, George Mike Lucas pulled, produced and written films. Mike well, pulled up a compilation, and it happened to show mostly just Steven Spielberg and George Lucas stuff. But yes, it, it's almost like an inside joke in Hollywood. Like, every movie tries to find some way to use it. Now, I heard a rumor, and by hear a rumor, I mean I read a rumor. And by read a rumor, I mean I read that apparently Star Wars is done using the Wilhelm scream. Wow, controversial. But I'm like, why? Well, yeah, we wouldn't want to. We wouldn't want to turn the franchise shitty or anything. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. But I don't. I'm just kidding, JJ. Please hire me. <laughs> You're a genius. I love the mystery box. Oh my god, please hire me. So that is a that's quite a legacy. Yes, I figured. You know the. I can't believe I forgot to say that earlier, but it needed to be said. Sheb Woolley, is Wilhelm scream. Wow. What a what a remarkable book ending on his career. Uh, thank you, Mike, for taking us on that journey. Thanks for coming with me. And thank you, <laughs> listeners, for joining us as well. And wow, so many twists and turns. Uh, but you can also follow us on social media if you are not doing so already. And you should because you get access to the polls Mike posts. You get access to some fun little bits we did. We just recently actually posted a little video snippet of Mike and myself's live reaction to when we heard Steve's uh, talking bad songs parody that he wrote last episode, which so, you should also hear. So good. And Steve, tell me we're gonna the full version's gonna be available for people to go listen to. We've had requests. I, I mean I will I will change the, the YouTube setting from unlisted to public and see how long it stays up. I think yeah. you'll be fine, Steve. It's a beautiful Look, parody. I'm very in demand, Nick. Like a lot of people are paying attention to things I do. That there's a lot of eyes on me, okay? <laughs> I know, I understand. You have to be careful. Um, and you can follow me on social media at Nick Brigadier <laughs> and uh, Mr. Mike Russell. Oh, uh, yeah. You can follow me on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.dot. And, uh, yeah, like Nick said, check out Steve's stuff. Check out our Instagram. Yeah. Answer the polls. <laughs> Send us your song suggestions. For and God's sake. For God's sakes. And um, if you were to discover a alien of your choice, what would they be like? Would they have three horns or laser vision? Or would they be furry? Reptilian skin. And what would they eat? Write us a three to five page paper <laughs> with properly cited sources explaining all oh, of this. Oh, you mean a thesis? <laughs> <laughs> Write us a, oh, send us a thesis. If it's uh, really good, we'll read it on the show. That entices it. Oh, you said it, Nick. I did, and I can't <laughs> take it back. Uh, Steve, where can we find you? I can find me on Twitter and Instagram at YourManTrollo, my personal website, StephenTrollger.com, and all uh, Dabber Devil-related accoutrements. Uh, nice. And, uh, yeah. That is it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, until next week, I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm a two-eyed, no-horned, walking empanada eater. <laughs> nice. Like empanadas. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next week. Take care. <laughs>